Welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. This episode is part of a series of programs in partnership with the Memorial University Graduate Course Folk 6740 Public Folklore and the Craft Council of Newfoundland to document craft traditions in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. My name is Abigail Crocker. Today I'm in the studio with Jacqueline Humphreys. Jacqueline is a local jeweler who studied her craft at the Anna Templeton Center and focused on textiles. Her wearable sculpture, Aggressive Comfort, features a union between textiles and metal and was showcased in a solo exhibition called Speaking Through My Hands. Another one of Jacqueline's wearable sculptures, named Hung to Dry, employs both metalwork and salt cod and was featured at The Rooms. Jacqueline currently volunteers on the Craft Council of Newfoundland and Labrador and the Anna Templeton Center boards and believes passing on the practical application of heritage through art to be an important endeavor. One of Jacqueline's current passion projects is digitizing photographs from the Craft Council of Newfoundland and Labrador archive. When Jacqueline is not volunteering or crafting, she lives at home with her husband and chickens. Hi Jacqueline, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How'd you get started making jewelry? I got started making jewelry um, when I was a teenager, uh, just making like hemp necklaces or beaded ones. But I really realized that I wanted to make jewelry uh, when I was in my second year of textile studies. Uh, I had a lot of scraps to utilize and I wasn't really sure what to do with them. Uh, so I figured that since they were really small pieces, they'd lend themselves well to making jewelry pieces. What did you do in your textiles class that allowed you to have these small scrap pieces? So we did a lot of uh, fabric work when it came to dyeing fabric. So we did a lot of samples and uh, cutting out of different patterns and such. And I always would hold on to those items. If you didn't hold on to them, what would have happened to them? they would just end up being garbage. What inspires the pieces that you make? What inspires the pieces I make the most, I think, is Newfoundland. Uh, our culture, uh, the nature, um, traditions. Which part of the traditions inspires you the most? I think the utilization of items to their fullest, uh, just, and also handmade like when things are handmade and well-made and last have you incorporated any of those traditional materials and the traditional uh, methods into your art pieces i have yeah i definitely make sure to make everything as well as i possibly can so that it will last i also utilize natural uh, fabrics and materials which would have traditionally been used what is your proudest piece of jewelry? I think I would have to say my proudest piece would be an art ring that I made, and it's called Hung to Dry. Could you describe this art ring for people who cannot see it? So this ring is um, made out of two rings. Uh, one goes on your pinky and the other on your pointer finger. Uh, it's joined together by twisted fine silver uh, rope where there's three hand-forged salt cod. Inside of the rings, there is also resin set in there with uh, actual salt cod pieces. 
Why did you choose cod? I chose uh, cod because it has been a very big part of our culture, and it really definitely reminded me of home. And when I was away at school, I was definitely homesick. How is your heritage important to you? My heritage is important because it makes me realize where I came from. It brings me back to the basics. My heritage shows where I have come from and all the traditions and practices that my ancestors have helped develop. How do you incorporate this heritage into your work? I incorporate it by utilizing every last scrap of material that I have, uh, trying to use the best materials possible and incorporating traditional techniques. What traditional techniques are your favorite? I think one of my favorite things would have to be hand stitching. Just the place, like a basic blanket stitch or running stitch. It's very soothing to do. When you were at school at the Anna Templeton Center, what was your favorite medium to use? My favorite medium would have just been, I think, plain on bleach cotton. The way that you can manipulate it and you can hand dye it. It's just something about the basicness of it that makes it wonderful. Do you have a favorite color to use when you dye your fabric? I think having to pick like a favorite color is pretty hard for me, but I really love jewel tone colors like rich greens and purples. What is the most challenging medium for you to use? The most challenging medium would have to be metal. It definitely has a resistance to it. It makes it a lot harder to work with than other materials. Have you created any pieces that you're fond of that you've used metal and fabric together to create? Uh, yes, I've done a couple pieces like this, uh, but one piece that uh, in particular would be an art ring that I made, and it's called Aggressive Comfort. Uh, that one utilizes hand-dyed on bleach cotton and sterling silver. What is special about this piece of wearable art for you? This piece uh, is special because it represents, I guess, trying to hide your emotions, like hide your weaknesses and just show your strengths. So the ring, when you wear it, looks very powerful, but it has small fibers uh, set into the side so that you can comfort yourself by touching it. What does this ring look like? This ring is uh, like an asymmetrical hollow form ring, and it's, it's rather thick. Both outsides have a uh, embossed fabric texture, and the top of the ring, there is curled up hand-dyed fabric, and it kind of resembles a rosebud. Was that an intentional choice to make it look like a rosebud? It wasn't intentional. It was intentional to show the ends of the fabric and the texture that it can create and all the colors that are wound together 
uh, mixing in. Has this piece been shown anywhere? This piece was shown in my solo exhibition that I had several years ago. In talking about textiles and heritage, you mentioned a story the first time we met about preserving doilies. Would you be willing to tell that story today? Definitely. As you know, I love textiles, so I got a um, grant from the Newfoundland and Labrador Arts Council and decided to go around to different people and purchase their unused doilies that they just had shoved in their closet. Some of these, the colors weren't the greatest or they were stained, so I decided to hand dye them and come up with a different mixture so that I decided to hand dye them and uh, flatten them out so that you could see all the beautiful intricate patterns that have been created. I've then taken these and made them into wall hangings and also lampshades. Why did you choose wall hangings and lampshades? Uh, often people don't utilize doilies in the same way now, like for hanging over the back of a chair. I figured that it would engage people in these items again by making it something that would be decorative in their house. And then as for making lampshades, I, I knew that like the patterns of the doilies would be fabulous on the walls. How is this project received? People really enjoy it. They definitely see the value in these pieces again when before they would have just been thrown in a closet. What gave you the idea to collect and preserve and then present doilies? I feel like it's just something that hasn't been utilized in a long time, but it's such a beautiful handmade technique that should be showcased. And so I, I just wanted to take something that people weren't appreciating anymore and bring new life into it. Did you take any doilies from your family? I didn't have any doilies from my family. What types of dyes do you like to use? Do you use natural dyes? Do you use other types of dyes? Um, I have used natural dyes before, but often to get the vibrant colors, uh, I use uh, synthetic dyes. When we started this interview, you mentioned that you like to incorporate Newfoundland culture, Newfoundland nature, and Newfoundland tradition into your work. We've talked about culture and tradition, how have you incorporated nature into your work? So I've incorporated nature into my work by utilizing the geometric shapes and the textures and the colors and even just like the, like my salt cod pieces. You know, I've literally taken species from nature and incorporated it. You brought one of your pieces into the studio today would you describe the seahorse piece that you've brought in? Uh, so I have, like I've said before, I definitely like to utilize a lot of different mediums and learn different techniques. So this particular seahorse is all done in super fine seed beads, and it's just the skeleton. 
just to show like the basic structure of a seahorse. All these beads are done in individual rings and then they're attached together uh, with more seed beads. Is this a wearable piece of art? This is not wearable. This is just a display piece. What made you want to make this seahorse? I love nature and animals and creatures, and I find that they're just so interesting. And this particular creature, the seahorse, they have a role reversal because it's the males that normally carry the babies and the females don't. So I wanted to showcase that by making a female seahorse. Why did you choose jewelry as your primary medium to work, or primary art to work with? I chose jewelry because there's so many different materials that you can utilize. You can make it practical or you can make it an art piece. And it just connects the object to yourself in a stronger way. Why do you think heritage is important to work with? I think heritage is important to work with because it helps us learn new things. It helps us evolve if we didn't follow things from our heritage, like we wouldn't be able to evolve in the same way. And it, it also tells a story of where we came from. Speaking of where you came from, you told me a story when we talked before about your wedding rings. My dad loves to collect lots of things, just like I do. Uh, so he gave me several 50-cent uh, pieces that were made out of sterling silver. So I decided to have more meaning and connection. I wanted to make our wedding bands out of these. So I took, the, I took two coins and I rolled them out. And then I cut them in half and I joined the two pieces together, one from each coin to make uh, the two rings for my husband and I. That is a lovely story. Thank you. I like that story. You were talking about your uh, wearable sculpture. Where was your wearable sculpture displayed? Uh, so my wearable sculpture hung to dry was displayed at the rooms. Um, I applied for uh, arts and letters one year and I was selected as one of the people that got to be in the show. How did your piece differ from other people who were selected for the show? Um, often, well, I guess the way that it differed is uh, it was a three-dimensional piece and everything else was a wall hanging except for one other person's work. And I found that, I find that to be a little bit weird. Why did you find it weird? Just because like it, things that are put on the wall compared to something that's a three-dimensional uh, seems to be valued higher. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> do you volunteer? I do. Um, I've been volunteering now for I would say about eight years. I'm on the board of directors for the Anna Templeton Center, and I've volunteered at the Craft Council in several different ways. What are some of those ways that you've worked with the Anna Templeton Center? So I've taught lots of classes at the Anna Templeton Center, in particular uh, kids camps. I've helped with different fundraiser events and anything else that they 
need help with. Why do you volunteer on the board of the Craft Council and the Anna Templeton Center? There's not many, there's not as many youth craftspeople as people say above 50. So having somebody step in and learn how to do all the things that have been passed down, like to make these organizations continue running. I think that's why I enjoy it the most, just because I can be the one to help pass down these traditional things like at the craft council where they support different artists and help them begin their career. And then the Anna Templeton Center, it supports all kinds of youth initiatives for getting craft out there. Do you have any projects that you are currently working on with either of the councils that you're on? There is some different items that we are working on, but it's kind of like in the works now, I guess. So new new news to come. (laughs) (laughs) And for you, what projects are you currently working on? Currently, I'm working on a project with the Craft Council of Newfoundland hopefully to digitalize 25 to 30 years of photo slides that they have that are just sitting around waiting to be viewed. How do you come across this project? So I have gone to school a couple of times for different things and my most recent schooling was records management. We had a work term and I figured, you know, if It's going to be an unpaid work term. I should volunteer for somebody who really needs it. And besides that, the Craft Council is one of my passions. So I asked them if they'd like me to work there, and it worked out. So I started working on their archives and organizing things. And it's just a project that's continuing on from there. How long have you been working at the archives? It's been two years now. How many photos have you digitized so far? At the moment, I haven't digitized any. So this is something that's like in the works. What challenges have you come across with this particular project? For me personally, trying to find like funding to do the project and also just finding the time to do so because I don't necessarily need to have money to do the project because it is something that I feel is like a necessity to be done. What do you need in order to make that happen? We need a couple pieces of equipment and lots of time. When you were talking about the Craft Council and the board of the Anna Templeton Center, you mentioned that it's important to work with kids. What work have you done with kids so far? So, so far I have done multiple kids camps at the Anna Templeton Center, um, usually teaching uh, a jewelry class and a textiles class. And the first classes that I did teach, uh, it was utilizing recycled materials to make jewelry. I definitely feel that it's important to add more creativity time into children's lives just because everything now is all computerized and it doesn't allow for as much creativity. What type of jewelries or jewelry would you make with the recycled material? Uh, so. One instance was we used recycled keyboard keys and we painted them. We made uh, pretty much whatever piece the kids wanted to make. So if they wanted to make earrings or a necklace or rings, then 
we would figure out how to make that. What's been the most meaningful project for you at the Anna Templeton Center? I think working with kids is definitely the most meaningful just because I know that I'm passing along handmade skills to them. What was the fr- your favorite project that you did with your students at the center? I think maybe one of my favorite projects is hand dyeing fabric and uh, the kids utilizing that and making different fabric jewelry. Trying to think outside the box because usually you have your beads made for you but they had to create their own beads out of this fabric. What are some memorable experiences that you had working with kids? I think that just seeing kids come and how excited they get to to make things and have that a part of their life, I think that's that's probably one of the best things. What's next for you? I think the there's a lot next for me. I mean, I know right now I want to continue volunteering and uh, contributing to the craft community, but eventually down the road I would love to have my own shop with uh, a residency and uh, be able to have children's classes and adult classes um, in a rural community in Newfoundland. If you could teach any class, what class would you teach? I think I would love to teach tatting. If I could learn more about that and be able to instruct people, I think that would be very interesting because it's something that often people don't even know what it is. So I guess I should tell you what that is. And it's very similar to crochet, but it's more intricate. And you can make doilies. Uh, Lace trimmings are very popular. Do you have any plans to incorporate natural elements into your designs? I definitely do. I find that in nature, there's so many different inspiring things. Like if it comes to the ragged edge of like a piece of wood or the geometric shapes in like a rock. When last we spoke, you talked about your moving to a place where you had a neighbor who does fiber work. Um, Yes. Do you have any plans of either starting your own fiber work or working with local people in your art? I definitely, uh, we just moved to a smaller community and I am very excited to meet the different craftspeople. I've already met a few people and we have talked about doing group projects together. Is there anything that I've forgotten to ask about or anything that you'd like to touch on before we close? I would definitely like to tell people that they should get out there and uh, and make something with their hands. Take like a craft class, go with your friends, like just take a time to to breathe and remember your heritage. When you were studying, you went to the Anna Templeton Center to study, yes? I did. What was your favorite course in the Anna Templeton Center? Oddly enough, I think that color theory was one of my favorite. We had to like take a image and crop it out and duplicate like every color that was in that image. And I found that to be technically difficult, but really satisfying because I, I love color. How do you incorporate what you've learned into the pieces that you make now? I utilize like many different techniques that I've learned when it comes to how to forge metal or when it comes to how to solder or hand dyeing fabric or manipulating fabric with just a thread and a needle. Returning back to the wearable sculpture 
Why did you choose salt cod? I think I chose salt cod because it was around the time when there was the most, I think, controversy over the cod stocks. And I was trying to show the darker side of of things, but also to show that, like, you know, even though there are these dark times, there's always something rooted that will come alive again. Is that sculpture the only piece of jewelry that you've made that uses cod motifs? I also make uh, a line of production jewelry that's earrings and necklaces that have salt cod. Where can people find your pieces? Currently, I'm hard to find. (laughs) (laughs) You can check me out on uh, Instagram or Facebook. It's at Hillside Fine Craft. Or also, I go by JT Humphreys. Thank you, Jacqueline, for coming out today. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me. I'm Dale Jarvis. You've been listening to Living Heritage, a production of CHMR Radio 93.5 in collaboration with the Intangible Cultural Heritage Office of the Heritage Foundation of Newfoundland and Labrador. Find us online at ichblog.ca or on iTunes. Our production assistant is Tara Barrett. We would love to know what you think of the show. Leave us a comment on the Living Heritage Podcast Facebook page or tweet us at HFNLCA. Thanks for listening.